welcome to Monday Night Fights. This week, we're covering another futurism episode with space elevators and other related topics. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Out of this world? Well, I mean, it's right now, so it's oh. not gonna be anything. I've never taken yeah. an elevator to space. I'm really curious. Yeah, I actually haven't that. either. That's weird. Yeah, we I don't are. think any of us have. That's a weird coincidence. Wow. I mean, it's so. it's kind of like we don't have them yet. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe okay. we'll never have them. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting thing. Let's, yeah. let, let's just let's carve right into this pumpkin. Uh, All right. By the way, it's Halloween. Uh, so we found the spookiest topic we could: space elevators. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know, like, maybe we, maybe we're going for, like, a Tower of Terror thing, or, like, maybe we just didn't plan this out very well. Maybe the elevator just breaks. I think, Ooh, yeah. that'd be scary. <laughs> that'd be You'd fall scary. all the way from space, like the Red Bull guy. Oh, no. Well, he, he was fine, so what am I worried about? Holy crap. Well, let's hope that you brought spooky. a parachute. <laughs> that was scary. Oh, now, no. the studio is coming apart. Uh, we do run this show on a budget. Um, sad times. There sad are times. scary sounds coming from everywhere in this room. Oh, sweet. Whatever that vent noise was just shut off, so that's good. Awesome. All right. So, what is, what is, what is a, back on topic, what does a space elevator look like for those of us who have never ridden one? So there are many schools of thought, as with any design, uh, because um, before we get into what they're what they're shaped like, I think we have to talk about why they're so hard to make and why no one's made them. Okay. Because they're tall. Yeah. Um, so just to give you a basic idea of the shape, imagine an elevator. Now you've got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically. An elevator to the giant tower giant tower and so it's kind of like an office building except imagine you didn't waste any of the material strength housing little office drones maybe like a few to like keep it running i don't know but like most of the structure is dedicated to this elevator now there's a billion ways you can think of to make an elevator but that part isn't incredibly relevant the important thing is that you built anything tall enough to, to hit space. Now space is kind of not a real concept. No. I mean, it sort of is, but like, it's, 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 where, the, where the atmosphere evaporates. Is it all in imagination? There's maybe a little bit of matter everywhere. Because if you think about it, like the sun's really big, it's the just, sun. The sun matters. It's teeming with hydrogen. Who's to say where it ends? Probably some astrophysicist who's smarter than me. Mm. Um, but from what I've heard, um, basically on some incredibly insignificant level, there's some amount of, of gas everywhere in the solar system. Um, some of that is like to the point it's immeasurable it's mostly just theoretically there because uh, like a ultra hard vacuum uh it's just a is a confusing thing and it gets funky in close proximity to large stars anyway that's a big ramble about nothing okay uh the real the real space that we're talking about has nothing to do with vacuum we don't care about that what we care about is equilibrium. 
fun thing about that, anytime you should be. Any Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You keep going. You're good. I, I just wanted you to feel awkward for a second. I do. Good. Okay. <laughs> so funny thing about when you build thing is that thing weighs much and so it crushes itself and that's sad times. Yeah. Especially too, when I mean, you build big tall things. It's too heavy. It's too heavy and it chow Like a whale in a So it's with the base it crunches. I'm imagining the base of the structure being like half the United States or something. Right? Not maybe that big. <laughs> that is more material than we have on planet Earth probably. What if we carted it from Mars? I we like we just got some, some Mars metal. I think we'd have to crack Mars <laughs> and like take half of it and smash the United States with it. And I don't think anyone's surviving that. Hmm. So we're, that idea is out. Unfortunately, okay. but it was a good intuition. I like uh, it. Right? I like it. It's, but it's dead now. And we're <laughs> not going to talk about it again. <laughs> All right. Um, so it is big wide. Um, mm -hmm. Think. I've seen things proposed from like anything to like a tenth of a mile to like a hundred miles wide. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, we're, it's still real big. It's pretty, pretty big. It's just yeah. not half the United States big, but it's yeah. still pretty big. So like probably the size of Rhode Island. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Rhode yeah. Island's like a. Probably not, probably he's not like, Rhode Island. He's a tiny boy. He's real small. So let's think, um, really though, like the best, probably like the best thing to try and conceptualize is like three or four times bigger than like a big skyscraper you've seen, like the center of Houston or something. Like the biggest building you've seen, mm -hmm. like triple it. And that's about how wide. Oh, that's something wide. like oh, that. Wait, okay. Something pretty reasonable. The hundred mile wide thing yeah. is like real crazy. That's okay, like okay, the super okay. out there mega project. Okay. Um, it, it's but realistically, more, people want to do it with a lot less. Yeah. Width. It's more like many city blocks. Okay, yeah. I got you. So this, uh, what I'm about to bridge on, has to do with our last topic a couple weeks ago, fluid mechanics. Nice. Sweet. Hydrostatic pressure. It's not just for fluids, it's for solids also. Mm. Cross-sectional area is the thing that you measure when you want the mechanical strength of something roughly. And so, if you're building big tall boy into the sky, mm -hmm. and all of your force is directed basically down, if you think about it, your cross-sectional area is the whole area of your base, like the whole area of, of, of your, like, of your horizontal cross-section. We're cutting it parallel to the earth is the cross section yeah pretty much. much okay well press parallel as a curved object can be parallel to the differential element of the surface area of the earth of interest of course yeah absolutely indubitably <laughs> undoubtedly so <laughs> so yeah if we're tracking with all these visuals so that area determines your strength so it's the height that determines your load because um, basically, like if you balance the strength against the addition of weight, which is related to the volume, areas cancel, mm. roughly speaking. And that's why we get into hydrostatic pressure. Basically, it's the height of the thing that determines uh, how much pressure you're pushing down. Yeah, okay. Then we get to area change. Area change is a way to go higher and higher and higher uh, without absolutely crushing yourself. There's mm -hmm. a limit to that. 
That many equations, <laughs> don't worry about that. That building's getting skinner, skinnier as they go up? Yes. Wow. Look at me go. Look at you go! Look Just like go. a pyramid. Classic. So the higher you get, <laughs> the less weight you're adding. So it, it's the less ultimate load on the base. Mm -hmm. Generally a good design. Problem with that kind of tapering, as we as we in the in the machine world like to call it, mm -hmm. uh, is the more taper you want, your height is fixed, essentially. Like whatever height you're trying to reach, we'll get to that. Is somewhat fixed. I mean, I think it's pretty variable depending on total mass, blah, 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 blah. But basically, you're just trying to get to space. And space, for the for our purposes, is some kind of set height. Okay. Um, so the more you want to taper out, uh, the wider you're going to have to go on the bottom. And that's material cost. Because ultimately, all of this comes down to how much metal do you have to buy to build your way to space? See, I just, I, I, I just keep thinking that um, our atmosphere is so high, it would have to be incredibly large base. Like, our skyscrapers are not close to our, the end of our atmosphere at all, right? Not really. Like, I feel like it would have to be half the United States or something. Um, it, well, I mean, how high are... So let's get to how high you have to build. Okay. Because it's okay. not the end of the atmosphere. It's not quite uh, that okay. high. Okay. Um, I think it's like the stratosphere. Are we, well, here's, are we trying to get to, we're not trying to get to like the moon. That's too far. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get to like a satellite in Oh, moon, yeah. Right? We're not even yeah. getting remotely close to the moon. I think, isn't it that, like, <laughs> the moon is it's so safer, far it's safer, it's, it is more dangerous to oh, launch yeah. a rocket from Earth rather than already in space, right? And so it's like if we take an elevator to a satellite that we can live. Is, is that how it is? Safety this is harder. I don't know if that's the case. No, like, you're on the it's right track. To me, though. You're on the right track. Okay. Safety is part of the concern. But 90% of the issue is um, energy expenditure. Oh, fuel. That's what we're worried about. Okay. So if we had a structure that was all the way to space, we could ship things to space for free. Wow. And uh, believe me when I tell you, good holy moly, is that a, uh, that's a friggin' windfall right there. Because uh, shipping things to space, unpleasant. Millions of dollars per pound. Millions. Millions of dollars. Carl millions and millions. Well, I think it's fractions of a million per pound. I think that's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. But it depends on what you're talking about space. It's more money than we have. Way more money. And the getting from Earth to space is the most expensive part. Because once you're in space, once you're at an orbital velocity, it's uh, like no fuel to move. Yeah, you can just chug. You could just uh, you could just get an ion engine or anything similar, hmm. and uh, basically just it's, it's pretty much free at that point. All you're spending is your time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You you are spending fuel, but it's like it's pennies on the dollar. So we just have to make it to to high up, like to the, the satellite orbits. Yeah, which are I don't know how high that is off the top of my head. Yeah, we don't have any figures in front of us. It probably would have been good if I had written them down. 
that would give people a sense of scale. Yeah. But I don't think the average person understands anything longer than a mile, really. I think we think we do. Okay, so what I'm thinking is that we have multiple elevators to space. We all live underground. Mm. And then when we want to come out, we just go to space. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we living here? <laughs> <laughs> because it takes up like half the United States to get to Oh, we all live under the elevator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now we've got a hollow base and that's sad times. Uh, that might break. <laughs> I was, I mean, so I'm, I'm thinking these are hollow towers. I mean, all towers are to an extent hollow. They're built with, you know. Doesn't have to be. It could literally just be one big beam. I've seen that. I've seen some of the most common things I've seen are like so big tower, giant beam, cable. Okay, wait. I'm gonna go. <clears throat> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. And I just googled it. The International Space Station is only about 260 miles high. So I don't oh. think we need a base wider than it is. Or that's like longer. Yeah, it definitely. I, I kept trying to tell you, like, it's not gonna be that high, Dan. Okay. Now, uh, GPS satellites, it said we're like 12,500 miles, which is different. I mean, it's, yeah, that's like half of the Earth's uh, circumference. Wait, what was, what was the figure? <clears throat> GPS satellites are like 12,500 miles. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. But we're just talking about like I, ISS stuff. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so what? it's been a long time since I've looked at the math of it. Again, probably should have looked at that before we started, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's futurism. We don't care. Yeah, it's in the future. It's the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not about you know, it's about the future. So the equilibrium I was getting at a million years ago when we started talking about this okay. is basically, so anytime you're on a spinny thing, uh, it there is a centrifugal force related to how far away you are from the center. How far away you are from the center of the Earth depend, or basically determines how much the Earth just jerking around mm -hmm. uh, throws you out into space. Uh, this force is zero at the poles because you're on the axis of rotation at that point. So it's how far away you are from Earth's axis, not actually like the center, like the core. Oh, okay. And for that reason, the absolute best place uh, to have a space elevator is the Earth's equator. Um, so, to that end... Um, but that maximizes the, the force of it spinning, right? Exactly. But we don't, we want that? We want that. Oh. Because that force that pulls you out into space can equalize whatever force is yanking you down because it's the oh. sum of forces that you're worried about. So it helps the elevator go up. Yes. Wow. Exactly. Nice. Whew. So that's that's that. Oh, that's why it's equilibrium because it's the was it centripetal force? Is it's like we're trying to equal that to like gravity. Yes. Wow. Perfectly balanced. Okay. As all things should. As be. all things should be. One of the best places that you can build one of these boys is uh, in the mountains of like Peru wow. or Ecuador.
is that you're building off a mountain right along the equator. Mm, okay. So you're starting from really high up, like a few miles high mm. already. Uh, and then you've just got, what is it, like, what did, what did you say, 12 200, miles? 200, wait, it was 260 miles to the ISS. Okay, so I mean, it's not that big of an advantage, <laughs> so. but it's something. It is something. It also gives you a wide and incredibly well, hard base. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, 12, I mean, even 12 miles is a lot of, you know, even though it's so big, 12 miles is a lot of cost of materials. Yeah. Even though, even though, our, even though we're talking about very large quantities, it's still going to be a ton of materials. Yeah. Even a small, even a small portion of this thing is... And all of that mechanical load or the weight of the thing is basically on this mountain. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not a geologist. I know there's a lot of a volcano activity there, something. Can you that's what probably forms the mountain. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I mean, maybe. We could, we could find a way. We could set up a geothermal. Exactly power plant exactly. um, don't know if you can do that there I've heard you can but I don't understand why so I'm not gonna tell you it's not an option do you think there would God. be like you know are these are these mountains protected by like wildlife communities or like the government or something don't know okay I depends guess what country we're in, in the future everybody lives in harmony so it's okay and also Let's stop talking about Peru. We're talking about space <laughs> elevators. That's right. So you want that equilibrium. Your stuff is heavy. Basically, this comes down to two challenges. Material science, construction method. Those are the two biggest hurdles in, in the not having a space elevator struggle bus. Um, it's rough times, and basically, we don't have an answer. There are a couple ways, things. Basically, it's hard to build really high up. Uh, even the Burj Khalifa, which compared to a space elevator, is a tiny little, little boy. Uh, he's the biggest man-made structure, tallest I think we've ever made. Um, that he might that might have been outclassed. I heard China did something, but I don't know. Um, that was super crazy to build. Took some really just incredible engineering. Uh, and it's still a fraction of what we need to do to get to space. Um, it took really innovative material designs. Some of the, some of the best thing that, that we've come up with uh, to meet these challenges uh, have to do with like carbon nanotubes and a lot of stuff that we, we like basically just learned about practically um, in the grand scheme of things. Okay. Like we've known about steel forever. You know about concrete since ancient times. Yeah. Carbon nanotubes. I mean, the the Romans weren't exactly playing around with them. Uh, so we're we're gonna need time How we know? and a lot of dedicated yeah. professionals. And the construction methods that you've discussed basically amount to uh, what if we start on the ground and build up? Uh, what if we start in space and build down? What if we do both at the same time? And so not exactly groundbreaking um, <laughs> logic here, uh, but there's not really another way, so it's kind of just is what it is. Um, so it'd be, it, it would involve like, shoot as much of it into orbit as you can afford to, 
the rest try and build up and see if you can meet in the middle. Uh, well, how would you, you can only build like so far down before gravity starts like pulling the whole space structure back in, right? That's where rocket. Oh, that's where a rocket. So you get it to all that stuff into orbital velocity using chemical fuel. Mm -hmm. And so you're already locked in orbit or some kind of orbit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not geostationary, but it, it, it'll do. That'll do, pig. And you put it together and then you move it around um, with probably monopropellant or something, whatever you can find. Yeah, that's got enough just laying around. It's <laughs> got enough kick in the. In stick and you just yeah. you get it around and it really it, it really do be like that though um i i guess um, and you just you get in position and then you couple them and then bingo bango you've got a space elevator wow nice sounds simple enough so we running short on time we are at 21 minutes wow and we're gonna go to like 22 I was that basically that filled our whole time slot. I was kind of that. thinking that we would touch on Pegasi being the like things that hold these hold the rocket in yeah. place. <laughs> Literally <laughs> horses with wings. <laughs> yeah, it's a little I, horsepower. Well, I like the, I like the way this is. Well, that's oh, that's <laughs> discreet individual uh, horsepower. <laughs> I don't know about that. Are you talking about rockets? What are we talking We're about? Talking about rockets. You just hold it. Hold the. Just say. Yo guys, just, just hold them in place while we do our construction work. Wow. How much, <laughs> how much horsepower does that take? Exactly. We need a new unit instead of a horsepower, we need Pegasi power. Yeah. Or we <laughs> Wow. So you are talking about literal wind horses. <laughs> uh, awesome. But we create them so they're robotic wind horses. <laughs> That, I, they do have some cool robots out there. <laughs> and on that note, I think Why? it's time for closing <laughs> comments. So, closing comments. Space elevator is pretty cool. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was imagining our entire planet being covered in space elevators. Space elevators, so I'm glad to know that if they, we do make them, they will only be like a couple hundreds of miles. Um, wide and, and lengthwise. And not the whole again. And not, the whole, <laughs> not the whole earth. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um I agree with Dylan. I think space elevator is pretty cool. And I think when it when it comes to building a future space elevator, I think future humans are up are are there to uh, ride gonna rise up to the challenge. Mm, in an elevator. In the elevator. <laughs> We're gonna rise up in the elevators. And uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> and we will see y'all next week.